Welcome to Jets Rewind, uh, part of JetsRewind.com. This is Marty Schupack in Valley Cottage, New York. I'm talking to Ray Clifford in Marysville, Ohio. He's back in his home nest. And we're recording this Saturday, November 6th, at about five minutes after one, less than 48 hours after the Jets got really uh, destroyed on the field. Uh, it was, the score was 45 to 30. And the score is not indicative of how really much it was a slaughter. Ray, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, I, I'm not your uh, your typical Jet fan who uh, gets too excited over one good one good game. I always am like, well, let's see how we follow it up. Two things worried me, and one was we never follow up. Uh, when people start jumping on the bandwagon, we never seem to uh, deliver late uh, over the past several years. And especially on national TV, we've been horrible. But I'm always like, okay, last week was great. Let's see how we respond, not just to, you know, coming off a big win as a team, but how we respond to all the kudos thrown their way, you know, in the press and everything. Everybody's on board. And, uh, you know, as has happened many times, they, uh, they don't show up on, on national, on the national stage, uh, offensively though, I thought actually we didn't look bad. Um, the, we moved the ball, we had sustained drives, but defensively that I don't know what happened there. They ran all over us. And that was the last thing I expected was them to run on us like that. And that I think was the biggest problem of all. I, obviously everybody points to Mike White going out, but I don't think Mike White would have made that big of a difference because, you know, we couldn't stop him the whole game. Basically we couldn't stop him, And so it was very disappointing from a, from that standpoint that the defense has basically, you know, in some ways disappeared from what it was early on. And, and that's not that, surprising because it's a lot of young guys, but it's surprising. And I didn't think they'd be able to run on us like that. So I was, I was very disappointed in the defense, but I didn't think, you know, from, from an overall standpoint, I, I thought other areas were good and I thought our offense looked better. And obviously Michael Fleur is better a up in the booth and B with a quarterback who's a little more settled in the pocket. I'll put it that way. So yeah, well, Ray, I, I take it a little bit <clears throat> different. My take is I, I was so psyched and uh, energetic going into the game, wanting Mike White to look good because <clears throat> I'm on the Mike White bandwagon. <clears throat> I'm just going to disagree with you a little. I actually think when he went out, a little bit of gas went out of the team and it hurt their psyche and uh, not taking nothing away from Josh Johnson, who ended up having a very good game when he first started, it took him a little bit to get warmed up. Uh, we're going to get into the quarterback controversy in a couple of minutes. And we're each going to uh, talk about <clears throat> what direction the jets should take. But the bigger problem is the jet defense gave up 532 total yards and um, I, you know what, Ray, it was a kiss of death. After the Patriots game, Jeff Yorick got up there and he said, this will never happen again. I said, oh, keep your mouth shut. I yeah, remember saying that to myself, just don't yeah. say anything, you yeah. know? 
And if you look at the last three games, the number of points we gave up and listen, I, I know there are injuries. It's the NFL. There are injuries on, on every single team. But if you watch that game, the point of attack on the line of scrimmage was so dominating by the Colts. I mean, the holes that these running backs, Jonathan Taylor was running through, we, we haven't seen anything like that in, in a real long time. It was just, it was just unbelievable. Jonathan Taylor, by the way, and I didn't know this till just a, a few minutes ago, he had uh, rushing 172 yards rushing. He averaged 9.1 yards per carry and the team, they rushed for 260 yards as a, and as a team, they averaged 8.7 yards per carry, which is unheard of in the NFL. And it was say anything you want um, about the linebackers, about the calling, about the coverage, what else? The point of attack was just uh, unfathomable how much we were dominated and the Jets could not shed blocks. I know the offensive line of the Colts is their strength, but in reality, in the NFL, you can't do what we all saw on Thursday night. And um, especially to Robert Sala comes to us from San Francisco. He's the defensive guru. And uh, for us to display that type of uh, work it's just highly embarrassing ray i just it's unbelievable and ray uh, a few weeks ago in fact i had recommended that the jets put michael floor up in the booth remember that mm -hmm. of course i'm gonna pat my own back and take credit for it <laughs> and i'm just wondering do you think that uh jeff Ulrich should go up in the booth at this point would that make a difference if they had someone that could uh, relay information on the sideline to let's say CJ Mosley. Do you think that would help at all? Well, first, not to not to uh, put any uh, take any of the luster off of your. Uh, you comment, could, but <laughs> but no, I I don't know that the difference of him going up in the booth was actually him going up in the booth or was it Mike White going in at quarterback? I don't know because that's when that's when he went up and that's when the change was made. And I don't know if Zach was in there, would we have looked any better with him up in the booth? I don't know. And so I don't know, you know, with old brick either. I mean, I don't, you know, to me, it, whatever they're comfortable with is fine. Scheme is scheme. I don't know how calling a play from up there is any different from calling it on the field. I don't know what you're, you know, you're still seeing their, their defense and maybe, Maybe you're seeing an alignment. I don't know what, what the difference really, if it's that big of a deal, because, you know, some guys are great down on the field. Some guys are great in the booth, but I don't know if, if it's because of that or not. But, you know, at this point, try anything. The last three games have been horrific. I know we beat the Bengals, but defensively, we didn't shut them down at all. We, we made a couple of good plays, and we made a stop at a key moment and uh, with that uh, loss and tip and interception. But – Overall, I, I don't know that that's the difference. And, and yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Mike White going out made a difference, but I don't know that he made that much of a difference because I don't think the air went out of us a little bit, but I don't know that it went out of us defensively because we weren't stopping them the whole <laughs> first half. So Mike White being in or out, I, you know, if you can't stop anybody. And that's why I always said 
and why I still get mad and why I harp on it. It seems like every podcast that our offensive line is the most important part of our offense because you're seeing why Indy, when they were bad a few years back, spent tons of draft picks and money on getting guys in there to block. Quentin Nelson is the best guard in uh, football. Although I do think that Vera Tucker will be challenging him for that spot in a year or two, um, because I think he's going to be great as well, but we could have had a guy on the other side too, if we'd have just gone out there after a, another free agent, or I'm, I don't know if the du, Duvernay, I'm not sure if he, that's how you pronounce Laurent Duvernay, if he's going to, you know, step in and, be a key missing cog, but we don't, you know, we didn't run the ball well, but our passing attack was not bad the other night and look at what Indy did on the ground. And that made their passing attack just as unstoppable. Really. I think that was all because we were trying to stop the run so bad. Their guys were running free all over the field. Um, The offensive line, defensive line too, but the offensive line is the most important part of your offense, because if you don't, create holes for a running game, then, you know, then it makes it easier to control your passing game and, and it goes from there. So, you know, they, they're proof right there that we need a better offensive line. Ray, um, the the reason I say that I I thought Mike White might've made a difference, maybe he wouldn't have made a difference in who won the game, but if he was in there, he seems like the type to sustain drives where Josh Johnson had a good game. It took him a little bit to get going. Um, and Mike White, his fir- the first possession, he, we had uh, two first downs before we had a punt. Uh, the second possession, we went down the field. He looked, uh, was doing everything right precision-wise, and he threw a nice touchdown pass. I, I just think if he did not get hurt. He stayed in there. The Colts couldn't have jumped out that far that quick. And again, I could be wrong. Now I want to ask you a last question, Ray, then we're going to get to the quarterback controversy. Would it pay at all? Or do you see um, maybe Robert Sala calling the defensive plays? And the reason I'm saying that is I remember a number of years ago, and I don't know if you remember this, when uh, Eric Mangini was a defensive coordinator, Belichick, they were going through like uh, a two-game stretch. I think they lost one game and one game they looked bad on defense. Belichick took that responsibility away from him and uh, he took it himself. There's a little bit of a controversy up there. Can you see Robert Sala taking that responsibility and maybe call the defensive uh, formations? No, not yet anyway. I I don't. I don't think he would. That just doesn't seem to be his kind of his style of coaching. Um, And maybe it should, but I'm sure he's in the meeting. So I'm sure they discuss things. So it's not like this is all on Ulbrich. I I think it's a team, you know, you know, in the meetings, they're discussing the defensive strategies and, and now whether it comes down to play calls, I don't know. I, you know, I think, you know, if they're running on you, it's pretty simple. They're, they're executing better than you. They're, when you're blocking guys five yards down the field, I don't think that's a, the Ulbrich problem. I think that's a, a defensive, you know, 
line problem that you're getting that pushed that far off the ball. But, uh, you know, I, I, I don't see him being that type of coach. I, I could see him, you know, maybe having more of a hand in discussing, you know, the, the strategies and the play calls a little bit, but I can't see him completely taking that away. Yeah, he seems very loyal to his assistants. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> though the hiring of, uh, of um, Wilson's uh, personal quarterback coach, um, it's a little I think that was a good move. It's a, it's a good move. We think it's a good move, but if you ask um, Kavanaugh and, and LaFleur and maybe the, there's the other guy, the quarterback's coach, I don't know if they would agree. Um, but uh, Ray, can it be that the Jets personnel is just a lot worse than we thought even on defense? Is that a possibility? I mean, I thought the defensive line was the strength. Is the defensive line and the defense as good as we thought, even with all the injuries? I think that the, our defensive line is better than that. And why they got manhandled that badly, I don't know. Because there, there's no way Quinn and Williams is overrated. And uh, Fadakasi actually had a pretty decent game. So he's, he's good. Myers and the others, I think, you know, I, I think they're better than that. I just don't know what happened there. Was it the short week? Was it, uh, you know, what? I don't know. But I, I think our defensive line is still our strength because they're the most veteran of the guys. And and our I think our DBs are better than I expected. But, if you know, when you aren't getting pressure, your DBs aren't going to look great if the guy can stand back there as much as he wants and, you know, pick you apart. And if you're always putting seven, eight guys in the box trying to stop the run, then – you know, good luck covering every guy out of the backfield or, you know, all that when they go with three or four receivers or whatever. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you if you can't stop the run, stopping the pass gets that much more difficult too, you know. So yeah. I, I don't think that's really the – I think that's still our strong point. You know, Ray, remember a number of years ago, one of our favorite players on the defensive line was Mo Wilkerson. Yep. And we were urging the Jets to sign him to that long-term contract. Right. Yeah. And of course, they they listened to us. But unfortunately, uh, probably the day after he signed the contract was the last good day he had. Is John Franklin Myers becoming Mo Wilkerson? Are you worried about that? The last three games, even though he did have a sack, he's been basically invisible. Or do you think that it ended up being a good signing and he'll turn it around? Well, I'm hoping he turns around, but I don't think – I thought Wilkerson was a an effort issue. I, I felt like Wilkerson just didn't look the same as he did his first, you know, couple, three years. And I, I don't know – it just seemed to me like he, he got his money and that's all – you know, he was all happy and content and didn't care enough to really – because he went elsewhere and that usually will motivate somebody if they're if – they're, worth anything you go somewhere else and do he, he never did anything again so I think Wilkerson just got his money and said I'm set for life I don't have to you know prove anything anymore Myers I think he just doesn't seem like that type to me I mean he may have been a little overrated in the beginning because he probably wasn't game planned for as much either but um so now that once he got all this notoriety and everything that probably has teams going okay let's put a guy on this guy, let's chip him off the edge or whatever. We'll see. I mean, I don't, I, I think he's got a lot of pride and will 
you know, I, I think we'll see more good stuff out of him. I hope so. I hope you're right. And Ray, I just want to, before we get into the, um, the uh, Mike White, uh, Wilson, Zach Wilson uh, issue, uh, I wrote down, and I think you saw it, the Jets have three players out with uh, Achilles injuries. <laughs> Lawson, Sherwood, and May. Oh, May. And I'm, I feel bad for Marcus May. It's It happens a lot in the NFL. I remember... This year it does. Yeah, but no, I, what I'm talking about is when these players are negotiating contracts. Oh, yeah. seems, I, Ray, we remember what happened to Leon Washington. Yeah. And uh, as he was uh, being carted off the field, and Mike Tannenbaum went to see him. He said to Tannenbaum, are you ready to let me sign the contract right now? <laughs> and Mike said, well, let's, that, I don't know if that's good business for both of us. Let's see. And it turns out yeah. It, yeah. he was never the same, though he was good. He's one of my all-time favorite Jets. Yeah. Ray, these three, I mean, it's part of <clears throat> Marty Schupak's Patriot paranoia. Have any Patriots in the last 20 years torn their Achilles tendon? Is it, I mean, I don't understand what's going on. We dropped three just like that. Yeah. I, I, I don't follow the Patriots. So that's, that's, you got to tell me, not that I know of, but unless it was Tom Brady or Gronkowski, I probably wouldn't know. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. So, all right, we're going to move on. Ray, um, Mike White, he came in in the Patriots game <clears throat> through a touchdown pass through two interceptions. The Patriot defense probably backed off a little bit. He played against the Bengals. He lit it up, had uh, 400 plus yards, three touchdowns. He caught a two point conversion. He was the AFC player of the week. He starts against the Colts in the first quarter. He brings him down, throws a touchdown pass. Then he injures his arm. Actually, I, I don't know how to describe it. I think I, know, I was listening to ESPN. They had it all wrong. They said he hit a helmet. I don't think they hit a helmet as much as the body of a guy. He hit a guy's he, arm. He lost the, the feeling arm. of like two fingers, which the feeling came back to him towards the end of the game, and it sounded like he could have went back in, but they decided at that point Josh Johnson was playing well, and, and why even, um, you know, put him at risk. To me, it sounds like, Ray, I'm not a doctor, but it sounds like it could have been just like a quick pinch nerve, I think, which happens to everyone that's played any sort of sports, pro, amateur, maybe he's gone through this yeah. one time or the other. I've that, similar. I yeah. Mean, where you, I know what they meant when they said he couldn't feel the ball. You just don't feel like you have any strength when you're trying to grip it. Now, he, when they showed him on the sideline trying to throw it, he, he looked like he might have been in a little bit of pain. I don't know if that was just from over trying to – trying too hard to grip the ball and, and, and that, but you could tell it wasn't the same, the ball, he, he just didn't feel right. But uh, I think it was just almost like a Charlie horse. He didn't hit a helmet. I think that was a different play they were talking about. They showed us a slow motion close-up and it might've been the pass or two before the touchdown pass. And he, uh, the defensive lineman, I'm guessing it was, or a linebacker stuck his arm out and hit him right about you know midway between elbow and hand or so and and I think that's the one that kind of did whatever it did by the by the looks of it because he, he was 
in his throwing motion. So he hit, it hit pretty good. So that's probably the one that did it, but I didn't think it was anything going to be anything too serious. I mean, but. Right. They say he should be practicing. Zach should be practicing and and let's go right into this. Um, Ray, you, you're the coach. Okay. Cause we're looked at this a few different ways from what you've seen. Let's say Zach Wilson is a hundred percent. Mike White is a hundred percent. How do you approach the Buffalo Bills game? How do you handle the quarterback situation? What do you do if you're in charge as far as on the field? Well, as far as I'm concerned, you know, not, I don't think Zach has lost his job forever at this point, but I think you still got to go with, the guy who's shown he can command the offense, and that's Mike White. Um, I never thought I'd be saying this about Mike White, but, you know, he looked good in the second half against the Patriots, and I, I thought the same thing. I, I think I even said that I think the Patriots took the, their foot off the gas a bit, um, but he did look settled there. But I thought, well, we'll see what he does against the Bengals. And and besides him being, I think, just a little overhyped and having those two early picks, he was unbelievable. I mean, uh, he, he has a control, a, a control of the offense. A, you know, he understands, you know, take what they give you. Everything doesn't have to be a big play. And I think that's where Zach has, has to learn and can, and I think he will. Um, but I, I just think you go with the guy who's, who's hot and right now, he only did a quarter last game, but even in that one quarter, he looked good still. So, you know, I'd be, to me, I think you still go with him at least another game and see, because you know, if anything will be a test against Mike White, the Bills defense would be because, you know, I'm not a, I don't think the Colts defense is really all that great, but uh, the Bills defense is, uh, and they will test him. And, and I think if you put, Zach in there, he struggles against the Bills. You're just asking for trouble, um, both with his psyche. You know, you don't want all that pressure. Go go with Mike White for another week and see what happens, and then go from there. I think it's you take it week by week and game by game. And if Mike White stays playing like he did, then you stick with him. You go with who can handle it. Ray, I'm going to go a little beyond you. Uh, for whatever reason – I, I think we found, I don't want to say we found our Tom Brady, but we found something there. And uh, for a couple of reasons, first of all, I'll just say this, where we say that um, Zach Wilson bails out of the pocket too soon. I think right now, Mike White might stay in the pocket a little too late. And we all know he's not that mobile. No, But the fact that he sees the field to me, and I've said this to you and Ralph, over and over again is the most important part in my mind of being a quarterback. Now I watch, uh, listen to a lot of these podcasts, watch a lot of YouTube channel with a lot of these uh, uh, X's and O's uh, guys that uh, really they break down Zach Wilson. And a few of them break down some of these passes where they'll stop the action and they'll circle the guys that are open short and he doesn't look at them and he throws it long. I don't know if that's teachable. I think it, it may be a natural thing. And I, I think Mike White looks like he has it. And again, uh, we might just see like a temporary 
uh, lightning in a bottle. And a big thing in my mind, Ray, is the fact that uh, Zach Wilson was the second pick in the draft. And I listen to all these local sportscasters saying that it's still Zach Wilson's team, this and that. I wonder how they would feel if, let's say, he was like picked in the third round and showed a lot of potential in preseason. I, I think you have to take the aspect that he was the second pick in the draft. I think he's got a world of potential. But from what I've seen from Mike White right now, Ray, I think he's going to grow. I think he's going to get better. And I think we may have found something. I could be wrong. And another example. Now, he made two lousy passes in the Colts game. One should have been intercepted. He also threw another pass a little behind Keelan Cole, who made a nice catch. And by the way, I think Keelan Cole uh, is like uh, our best receiver right now. Him and um, Elijah Moore, in my Elijah mind, I think. Really I think. I think. What? What did you say? Elijah Moore looked really good again. He did. I think those two guys. I think Keelan Cole's better than uh, Corey Davis. I could be wrong. I think he's like more. Um, uh, well, how do I put? More consistent. You know, where Corey Davis could be like a home run or an out. But anyway, the other thing is, Ray, we spoke about it. The one thing we didn't like against, with the Bengals is that he ran out of bounds on a play he should have thrown the ball. <laughs> now, if you looked in the first quarter, there was the exact same play going to the other side. He got rid of it. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Quick. So in my mind, this guy's a quick learner on the field and off the field. And the way he just recognized that Elijah Moore was open on a touchdown pass and he laid it in there perfectly. I, I say go with Mike White right now. Everyone's saying all I hear on their local radio is you're hurting the development of Zach Wilson. What about the development of Mike White? He's not 36. He's 26. What if he could be developed into a better quarterback than Zach Wilson could be? I mean, everybody says, you know, this is a, a good problem to have, but I, I think it's pretty cut and dried. I like Zach, but in my mind, I think you got to go with him. And I, I don't think that um, Joe Douglas's job is tied into the success or failure of Zach Wilson. If Mike White turns out to be a really good quarterback, he's got to get some credit for that too, because I believe he's the one that uh, that picked the, picked up Mike White. I could be wrong on that, but sure. yeah, but I, that's how I feel, Ray. I, I think it, it's just a no-brainer. You got to keep going with Mike White. I mean, if he throws zero TDs and four interceptions and, uh, you know, he looks like Sam Darnold did against the Giants, then okay, you go to Zach Wilson, but this is such a perfect opportunity. All the Jets have to say is Zach is coming along he could have, he might've been able to play, but we just want to, there's a little swelling on his knee, so we want to give it another week's rest. It's a perfect situation. It's a no brainer. It shouldn't even be a case who's going to start, Ray. So what's well, your reaction to what I'm saying? Well, for I don't know if they said there's no decision or if they just haven't even brought it up yet, but I don't think putting Zach in is the answer. And I don't think, and if he struggles, it's just going to be, it's going to compound the problem. I, you know, stunting his growth. Sometimes, you know, look, Sam's best games his rookie year came after he got injured and had to sit out four weeks. And all of a sudden the game seemed to settle down for him. 
And maybe that's what Zach needs. So a couple games off to me and, and let his, you know, private coach John Beck work with him and maybe, you know, he can help. And I, and I don't think Kavanaugh or LaFleur care about Beck because Beck's there just strictly to help uh, Zach and probably to help him with his mechanics and, and things like that. I don't think he's there to talk about play calls or anything like that. So I don't think LaFleur or Kavanaugh have a problem with it because Zach's comfortable with Beck. He'll listen to him and maybe Beck uh, relates to him better. Um, but I don't think you can go with, with Zach. I, and as far as Mike White looking better, well, remember Mike White's been around for three years and, and, you know, he hasn't played a lot, but he's practiced a lot with pros, both with the Cowboys and the Jets. And so he's had time for the game, even though you're not in there and it's a little different, he's had time to settle into being a pro and, and what the pro games like and practicing against pros. And he's, he, I don't know if he would have been as good about check downs and things like that, if he'd have been in there, you know, his first year. So maybe that, and, and so that could be part of it, but he definitely understands that, you know, he, they even said after the Bengals game, the, some of the plays called were deep passes, but he goes, but it wasn't there. So I went to the, to the short guy, but he made that decision right away. And I think that is coachable. And I think Zach could learn easily learn to do that, but he has to trust what he sees that when he's looking deep and the guy isn't open, well, who, what are my other options? And maybe he's just not settled into option two. So should be over here. Option three should be over here. And yeah, he checks down, but I don't know that he does it fast enough or reads what he sees and goes with it. Mike White, he checks down and that ball's out of his hand. And I think that's a lot of why you aren't seeing him under that same amount of pressure. His, de his decision-making is much quicker, but that could be a thing. That could be a result of being a three-year pro practicing with the pros a lot, learning the offense. He's been with the, you know, he hasn't been with the Jets, you know, in this offense any longer than Zach, but I think he understands what the pro defenses are like better. And he may, you know, and it may be something, you, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I think Zach can, I think all this stuff is coachable, but that doesn't mean after he gets coached up that he's going to be, he's going to be like Mike White, but he can definitely be better and he's more mobile. And so I'm, I'm not giving up on Zach, but right now, right at this moment, you ride who's hot and who's handling the game. And that's Mike White. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Ray, listen, you said trust, they have to trust what their eyes see. And I'm going to say that to you and me and trust what my eyes see. He had that one pass the last game that the guy dropped could have been a pick six. Yeah. Until I see Mike White throw two, three or four Sam Darnold type interceptions where you and me text each other during the game and say, what did he see on yeah, that pass? I say, go with Mike White. I think you have something there. Again, I could be building it up, but no, everything is trending up from what I see on him. I'm well, not saying he has uh, incredible that, potential. But. Right. but on that one pass that should have been picked, I will say, too, one, two things. One is, I'm not sure if, I, I think that happened before he hurt his arm, but I'm not positive of that. But the second thing was, he made the right read. He just didn't make the right throw. That ball should have been out front of I think it was Croft that should have been out front more and the DB wouldn't even got his hand on he he threw behind him a little bit 
but it was the right read. He had the guy beat by a step and he could have gotten it in there, uh, but he, he just didn't make a good enough throw on that play. So it, it wasn't a case of a bad read or a bad, uh, you know, that what are you looking at? He, he saw, he, he saw the right thing and, and he has the arm to get that ball in there, but he just didn't make the right throw on that one. You know, Ray, I wonder how much of this is like the coaching staff and Woody Johnson saying, Oh my God, uh, Zach Wilson, he's got the glitz that uh, Kyla Murray has, that um, uh, Pat Mahomes has. How could you not go with him? But I say, listen, you, I don't mind going with a pocket passer, a Tom Brady or a Mac Jones type, or, you know, I'm not saying he was just a pocket passer, but um, what's his name from uh, the 49ers from Notre Dame? Um, Joe Montana. Joe Montana. I mean, Joe Montana was very mobile, but he wasn't a running quarterback. Right. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, he didn't throw a bullet like Dan Marino. No, he didn't have anything yeah. close to that arm. I, I yeah. <laughs> I, I just think he, he got to go with. From what I've seen, I've seen so many Jet quarterbacks. Right. He's looking good. And I I, I got to tell you, be honest with you and Jets Rewind fans, I was not the same when he went out of the game. I was so looking forward to oh, that. Oh, everybody night. was. Yeah, it was just such a blow. Well, it wasn't the disaster I expected because I thought our, our offense would fall apart. And it was it was the defense that really didn't show up. Right. The offense played good enough to at least keep that game very close if they'd have just made a stop once in a while on defense. But they didn't until it was out of hand. Yeah, Ray, I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to that Buffalo game again. I can't I wait. Am, I am. You know, it, it's kind of like coming off the the New England game. Our, our defense wasn't great, but they played a lot better against Cincinnati. But still, Cincinnati still put 31 up on them. But I think I, I'm interested to see if we get our, you know, our is this game in Buffalo or is it? No, here? it's home. It's in that okay, line. I think they I have the two. By the way, Ray would Ray uh, Clipper would know that if you just looked at the JetsRewind.com website, <laughs> it's on the front page. But anyway, I believe that next both next. I'll have to visit that sometime. Yeah. <laughs> next, <laughs> just as often as I visit you in Canton, Ohio. Yeah. It, um, we play Miami the week after at home too. But Good. I just have this, uh, and I told my son to, you know, we, he doesn't really gamble, but I'm always looking for these big bets. I said, what are the odds after they lost that the Jets win the Super Bowl this year? And he came back and he said he found <laughs> you know how much money, money you'd make. He said you put right five dollars on them, two hundred thousand to one. <laughs> so I, I dress Mike White crazy, and I and I know. Uh, a lot of times I see this and I wear rose-colored glasses, okay? Uh, but I can't help it. From what I've seen, I've seen so many NFL games and so many quarterbacks. Ray, let's move on. We're going to close this up in a few minutes. We're in the fourth quarter. Um, Denzel Mims, he played, and I'm beginning to see, like all Jet fans, why the coaching staff wasn't crazy about this guy. When he does catch the ball, he looks great, but – He's got to catch the ball. He's waiting for these balls to go into his body. Another one bounced off his chest, Ray. Well, it was off his shoulder. It didn't even come. Shoulder. That's the whole yeah. problem is that that was easily a catchable pass. And so easy, yeah. But at the same time, they must 
still think something because I thought he'd be traded and he didn't get traded. So, and I know from everything I read, they were getting plenty of calls about him. So they see something and I'm glad because I, I still think he's got the talent to be a, a game changer. He's just can't, you know, it's the old, it's the oldest rule in the book as a receiver. Don't let the ball get to your body. And he did, but right. when he's going up and fighting for the ball, he's got good hands and he's got athletic ability. He's just, you know, he's just got to get a chance and put it together and, and do it consistently. He's right. also big, and as, as far as I know, he's a good blocker, too. So oh, he's a very good blocker. He's, he's somebody I want on the field. I mean, he should have caught that, but I still want him on the field. The Jets are fortunate that uh, almost all their receivers are very good blockers, from Barrios to Corey Davis uh, to Cole. <laughs> um, Elijah Moore, who's playing great, he oh, – I'm excited about him. So am I. Yeah, he, he blocks, but he holds sometimes. And if you remember, yeah. going back, Ray, before the season, my son Michael Shupak called me, asked me, he said, Dad, I know you know the Jets basically up and down. Are there any dark horses I should pick up in fantasy? <laughs> and I told him, try Elijah Moore. And he did, and he ended up dropping him after the first two games. So. Well, now he might regret it, though. He might not now. Okay, Ray, we're going to close this out. So, uh, Ray, welcome back to the mainland. Good I know you've gotten the California, which is becoming another country. <laughs> and um, we'll probably uh, have a show uh, later this week and check out our website if you can. Please, if you go on YouTube, uh, give us one of those likes and subscribe. And if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. And uh, please, uh, if it's five stars, I, I will sleep better at night. So, Ray. So until next time, for Marty Shupak and Ray Clifford for Jets Rewind.